a few years ago on a Canadian airline, a napkin was attached to the plane by a very disgruntled passenger after realizing that the pilot on the plane uh, was a woman. And this is what that napkin said to the captain of WestJet, the cockpit of airliner is no place for a woman. A woman being a mother is the most honor, not as captain. And then mentioning Proverbs 31 says, we're short on mothers, not pilots, WestJet. Sorry, not PC. P.S. I wish WestJet could tell me a fair lady is at the helm so I can book another flight. The mention of Proverbs 31 as his argument, an apology for not being politically correct. You should also apologize for being sexist, patriarchal, incredibly insecure about his own manhood. The reality is men have used the Bible in a lot of ways to reinforce um, views that women do not have the same value as men, to reinforce views that um, the worth of a woman is um, centered on her role as a wife or a mother. The Southern Baptist Convention is considering removing um, Rick Warren of Saddleback Church. Rick Warren wrote Purpose Driven Life years ago um, because the church recently this year ordained women. So this is still kind of a debate that's going on in our society of you know, which roles are appropriate for women and the Bible is still used for those arguments. Um, a few months ago, a Missouri pastor went on leave after a video emerged of him preaching that wives should be uh, thin, that they should be made up, that they should be well-dressed and satisfying in the bedroom to keep their husbands interested because God made men to be drawn to beautiful women. He said, men want their women to look good at home and in public. Can I get an amen? No, you cannot. The pastor said that it's up to a woman to keep her weight down, to wear makeup and dress well to keep her husband from cheating. Um, this mentality was kind of furthered by Protestant reformer Martin Luther. He famously said, The word and works of God is quite clear that women were made either to be wives or prostitutes. Martin Luther was not as well-versed in the Bible as he claimed to be, otherwise he surely would have recognized that Mary Magdalene was called the Apostle to the Apostles, and that women led many of the early churches, and that Jesus' whole ministry existed only because women supported it and funded it. And much of that has been erased from church history by men, and some of that whole patriarchal mentality really comes from the use or misuse, I should say, of passages like Proverbs 31. And uh, you search for Proverbs 31 on Google and you get a whole list of all sorts of books and Bible studies and women's and ministries that have been formed that are whole, uh, totally based on this passage and, and, and used to teach women how to be godly. The title of Proverbs 31 it's different depending on the translation that you have. So if you look at Proverbs 31 in the Bible, I'm curious what translation for verse 10 it says. Some mention that it's about a good wife or an excellent wife or a virtuous wife or a competent wife um, or a woman of substance. All of these are different translations of the same Hebrew word. Uh, that word is ashet shayil and everywhere it's used in the Bible, it's used in reference to either God or 
um, men in the context of a man of valor, a man of courage, and it's kind of tied to like this military language. Um, but translators, when using Proverbs 31, they translate the exact same Hebrew word into things like the good wife or the competent wife. A more literal translation, an accurate translation, would be a woman of valor, a woman of courage. And um, it's a good reminder that this passage is 2,500 years old, and it's in Hebrew, and it was written not for women, but for Jewish men. And Jewish men were taught to memorize this passage. Um, the end of this passage, at the end of Proverbs, it says, Let her works bring her praise in the city gates. So that idea is really kind of opposite of ancient Greek thought at the time. And, and there's one Greek writer who said that a woman is most honorable when nothing is said about them in public, good or bad. A good woman is one that no one talks about. And here you have this ancient Jewish text in that culture that says, no, all of the creative um, energy that women put into this world should be named and celebrated. And it should be shattered about in the city gates. So kind of for its time, it's almost like a feminist passage. It's telling men to notice and celebrate and empower women. It's not meant to be an instruction manual of exactly what role a woman should have. So this woman in this passage, she's said to be a woman of courage, and she has this kind of sense of autonomy and independence. She's a, um, a trader and a business guru, and she acquires land, and she has political influence, and she's seen as a wise and thoughtful woman. And in this passage, the woman is kind of on the same footing as men of courage described throughout the Hebrew Bible, so that women of valor or courage, um, it's only applied to one other woman in the whole Hebrew Bible, and that's Ruth. Um, but Ruth doesn't fit this description of a Proverbs 31 woman, because when Ruth is called this woman of valor, she's not married, she's widowed, she has no children, she's not a mother. She didn't exchange fine linens with merchants, like Proverbs 31 says. And she had a job outside in the field where she essentially um, picked the leftovers from other field owners. It was a job for really the poorest in Israel. Um, yet she was seen and known as a woman of valor, of courage. So the idea is that womanhood and that wisdom is not defined by the role that you have at work or at home. It's, it's about the strength, the bravery, the courage that you bring to life. Rachel Held Evans was she passed away a few years ago tragically and she wrote a lot about this Proverbs 31 passage and she really wrote a lot to empower women, um, especially women in, in ministry. And she writes that a Christian woman's highest calling is not motherhood. A Christian woman's highest calling is to follow Christ. So this poem in Proverbs 31 it was originally written um, to a man to offer woman praise for the, all she does every day, for her wisdom. And over the centuries, men have taken this passage and kind of twisted it to be more like a job description or like a way to control how women earn their worth. Uh, there's one womanist Bible scholar from the University of Botswana. She says that the text is a challenge to men to empower women 
to take their rightful place as equal partners. I think we need to go back to the Bible, to Proverbs 31, uh, and recognize that intention and to correct some of the misuse of this passage. Um, the whole book of Proverbs is famous for all of its sayings on wisdom and how to live a wise, good life. And you have Proverbs 1 to 8 at the beginning kind of personifies wisdom, and it talks about wisdom in feminine language, um, being like this divine creative energy at the beginning of creation. Um, and Jesus was viewed this way in the Gospel of John as the Lagos, wisdom. Um, and then Proverbs closes at the end of the book with another personification of wisdom. And it essentially says, if you want to see what wisdom looks like in action, look at a woman. It is your character that defines you, not your role as a woman, not your role as a mother or a wife. It's what you bring to this world. Nadia Boltz-Weber, she's a pastor and a theologian, and, and she was a close friend of Rachel Held Evans, and, and they did a lot of work together. And um, she writes that for years, when one of Rachel's friends had a baby, uh, finally went into therapy, or got a new job, or published a book, or successfully ordered a pizza to feed her family, or confronted injustice, or finished um, a bachelor's degree in her 60s, or just remembered to pick up the dry cleaning, Rachel would exclaim to her, woman of valor, because she reminds us that there is valor, bravery, courage, strength in our actions as women. And it's easy get caught up in our routines of work at home, family, and we forget to name and celebrate the ways that people, women, our partners are um, using the, their, their gifts to do good in the world. And we forget to look at them in the eye every day and say, thank you for who you are, for what you bring to the world. Um, I need to do that more. And the, ra the reality is I would not be where I am. I would not be a pastor. I would not be at Mission Gathering trying to lead a progressive community if it weren't for Kylie. Um, she's the reason I'm here. She's the reason I have any awareness of, of what I could maybe bring to the world. She's my biggest supporter and encourager. Um, she is a woman of valor, courage. Uh, she brings so much integrity and creativity and joy and kindness to her job, to our home, to our relationship, our daily life, to this community. She is a woman of valor. Uh, I need to tell her that more. The everyday things that she does, it, it makes a difference in my life and in the world. We so often take it for granted. Uh, especially as men in our society, and we need to do better uh, with that. And Proverbs 31 reminds us of that. Uh, so thank you to all the teachers, moms, dads, mentors, supporters who see and empower and celebrate women of all ages, as you are doing the work of God in the world by doing that. You are doing the divine and creative work of wisdom. Olivia is going to sing a song called You Say and uh, I encourage you to think during this song on the ways that your identity is rooted not in the role that you have 
but in the love and wisdom that is at the very heart of your life. It's not any role that society gives you. It is your character. It is your creative energy that you bring to life every day. Uh, I encourage you during this song to think on the women in your life who are women of valor, of courage. And I invite you, I challenge you to communicate that to them, to tell them, to honor them, to celebrate them.